Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Friday, January 8th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be joined today by Las Vegas Chris, who's become quite the contest legend out in Las Vegas, finished second and fifth in this year's edition of the Circus Sports Million. I'll chat with him about that, talk to him about his contest strategies, then we'll take a look at the wild card weekend here for the NFL playoffs and get some quick thoughts from him to finish up this week of shows. Over at ATS.io, lots of great stuff going on for you to check out. Previews of the six wildcard games are posted over there at the website. Covering the College Football National Championship game on Monday night between Ohio State and Alabama. College basketball, NBA, that's all going on right now. NHL starts five days from today, so we'll have some NHL coverage for you over at the website as well. We're keeping up on the latest legal sports betting industry news. We still have all of our sportsbook reviews over there. And make sure you download the ATS app, which you can get from the Google Play Store or from the Apple Store. Full article integration from the website to go along with lots of helpful handicapping tools, some bells and whistles, some stats, some good information for you to check out there in that Against the Spread app. You can go to ATS.io on your mobile device. Go to the ATS app page, then click on the button, whether you have an Android device or an iOS device, that'll be the easiest way to find the app, or you can search for it in the respective store, whether that's the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Finally, one last thing I want to mention here is that uh, you know we got a lot of great content on ATS Radio, and you can subscribe to the podcasts on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Wherever you stream and download your podcast content, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss an episode here of our show. We'll be doing a lot of college basketball, NBA as we go forward, NFL playoffs, looking ahead to things like March Madness. Should be a lot of fun here over the next few months. And Major League Baseball, not that far away either. That's kind of my area of expertise. So we'll have plenty of that coming your way here as well. With that, we bring on today's guest, and that is Mr. Las Vegas Chris at Las Vegas Chris C R I S on Twitter. Chris, how's it going today, man? Oh, it's uh, going pretty well. It's a, it's a busy, busy day here. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show. I feel like a lot of your days are very busy, although at least the NFL regular season now finished, so you're just focusing on those playoff games, at least as far as football goes, but you still do all of the sports as well. And to go ahead and give our listeners a little bit of a background here on Chris, I, it's not just this year's Circus Sports Million that stands out. Winner of the Win NFL Survivor, a contest for the NFL over at the Palms, last man standing over at Stations, and then, of course, you know what you did here this year in the Circus Sports Million 2, finishing second and fifth with your two entries, DV8-1 and DV8-2. What is it about these contests, man? What, I, I'm not going to have you give away all of your secrets, your trade secrets here, but uh, you, you do a phenomenal job in these things, man. Congratulations. Well, I appreciate it. I, I, I work painfully hard at it. And uh, um, it, it has to, I mean, you have to be able to win first and foremost. Uh, um, I, I, I did just a little bit worse last year. I only had two entries and finished 20th and 31st uh, out of 1875. Uh, you, you have to, obviously, you've got to pick winners. Uh, and, uh, I, I've got a very good system for my NFL metric based, uh, that I've been doing for years. I've had to fix it and then retool it, uh, when the rules changed and the scoring elevated and, 
uh, just always have to do these little tweaks. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a long-term uh, winning history of over, you know, I picked NFL winners over 60% uh, uh, over long-term. I don't know anybody else that does that, but uh, that's not good enough to win the contest. You, you're going to have to be in the high 60s to win these contests. Uh, so there is some contest strategy that uh, is employed in it. It's, uh, uh, but you have to have the foundation of picking winners first and foremost. Uh, but even if you had those winners, uh, if you don't pick the right games and you don't avoid certain games and you don't do certain things, you're not going to do as well as other people. Uh, you, there's just a lot of little uh, nuanced sort of things that you have to consider. And uh, it, it's not simply picking the games. You have to have the games, but there's often times that I'm using picks in the contest that I didn't even wager on. And uh, there's often times uh, I can't even use the games I really want to use in the contest uh, that I really like that. Uh, uh, so each week is absolutely different. And, uh, and it's not a matter of playing the stale lines. Uh, I'm sure you're going to ask me that. I, I I, I, if anything, I want to avoid the stale lines and I, and I don't want to be on the same games as everybody else is on. Um, unless that's just a game that I really, really liked and I'm limited in the choices, but, uh, uh, you know, that's one of the important things to do in the, in these is to try to be unique and try to be different, uh, you know, with the four entries over the two years, uh, I operated them almost completely independently without, uh, uh, matching them very often at all. So uh, uh, trying to do different things and trying to get uh, uh, different results with, with each of them. Well, and, you know, I went 47, 37, and one this year in the circle with my entry, ATS.io-2. We had two entries here uh, from the website. And, you know, I'm happy with 56%. I mean, you know, that's a very good year in the NFL. But as you said, it's one of those things where, your you know minimum threshold is 60% to have a chance of really being in the money and then certainly much higher than that for being in you know a, a high paying position so you talked about that you know first and foremost you got to pick winners you know that that's the most important thing in this contest you have to accumulate points but as far as contests go you know you can apply a lot of different kinds of game theory you can apply you know going against the consensus you can apply stale lines uh, i've heard people say you know, I'll only play half point numbers because I don't want to push. A push is you know, a lost opportunity for me to try and gain some ground on some other people. So what are, you know, without giving away everything, I certainly wouldn't want you to do that, but what are some of the strategies, some of the philosophies that, you know, you do employ for these contests? Well, you, you, you hit on one right there uh, is, is the, the half point and full point sort of thing. And uh, I was disappointed because there were so many full point lines on week 17. And that was going to make it a little difficult for me to gain. So uh, it, the depending, you know, using half point lines exclusively is going to be more aggressive because you're either going to drop faster or climb faster. So uh, on my second entry, uh, I, I started off in the crapper down in the 2800s. 
And I had no choice but to, I, I actually thought about going for the booby prize and, uh, and I was going to give it one more week. And on that one, I, I, you know, what you're supposed to do is chase those half point lines and chase those oddball games, try to get on the other side of what people are going to be on. If you can avoid the, the consensus plays, if you can figure out what you think the consensus plays are going to be, uh, you don't want to be on those games. Uh, uh, so that's the things that I'm kind of looking at. And, and the best way you can figure out what the consensus games are is listen to a hell of a lot of podcasts, look, watch the TV show, see what uh, everybody seems to be on. Look at uh, where the, the line value games are. Um, the vast majority of time, I'm not searching for line value. I'm searching for games. Uh, and, and what they're, what I, what I can accomplish from if you're leading the contest, if you're up at the top, uh, then you're going to be searching for those line move games. And you're searching for those games that are going to put you on the consensus. You want to be on those whole numbers so that you, you have a chance of getting a half a point instead of uh, uh, a zero. So uh, what you brought up is absolutely true. So I guess the follow-up question to that then, Chris, you know, again, I mean, you have to pick winners, you have to accumulate points, but how much of this is, you know, worrying about your own games versus worrying about trying to figure out what the rest of the contestants are doing? Um, it, it, uh, you can't overthink it. That's, 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 uh, that's the biggest worry if somebody's going to try to take some advice off of what we're talking about is it's not like you're going to spend, you know, an extended amount of time trying to figure out uh, what other people are doing. You just need to develop a person, an awareness of it. Uh, I don't, I haven't termed it, but uh, you, you just have to have some sort of a contest awareness to you of what the, the mob is doing. And um, I, honestly, I didn't put a lot, I don't put a lot of time into the picks. I, I would have uh, uh, friends that consult uh, with me on uh, what games do you like? What are you using in the contest? And I got sick of telling them, I don't know what I'm using in the contest. I don't know what I'm using in the contest uh, until maybe an hour, hour and a half before I have to put the picks in because I don't want to be predispositioned all week long and either fall in love or in hate with any particular side. I want to be open-minded when I have to put my picks in. Um, I don't want to have them locked in. Because I don't have enough information, especially in, during this COVID period. But uh, uh, injuries, uh, any sort of peripheral factors that can affect the games, I don't have enough information to, to say for sure what games I'm going to be on. So uh, if I have to add or remove from what my predisposition was earlier in the week, well, then that screws with my thinking also. Because then I have just disappointment that I have to deal with uh, that may affect decision making. So, um you know, that's what I can recommend uh, is very helpful to me. Well, and that was something that really struck me. You know, you, you actually reached out to me and, and, you know, so that you appreciated the circus show that I was doing on Fridays. And, you know, one of the things that we got to talking about was how, you know, on Friday afternoon, I record generally around, you know, noon Eastern time or so. And I'll talk about the games I like on the show. And that was one of the things that you and I discussed, you know, over Twitter DM was that, you know, I'm kind of painting myself into a corner of, you know, I have this set in my mind that I'm going to play, you know, these three sides, then maybe I'm picking between a few other leans. And what really struck me was how fluid and how dynamic you treated, you know, the NFL market with regards to putting your picks in to where, 
there were times where you didn't even know, you know, close to the, you know, the 6 PM deadline or, or whatever it is out there. You, know, you didn't even know up until, you know, almost that 11th hour, so to speak, what you were going to take just based on what information was coming out and what was happening, you know, with the betting markets. So that really struck me that, you know, you had no worries about waiting until, you know, pretty much the deadline just to ensure you had all the information and as complete of a picture as possible. Uh, yeah, I, I can't emphasize that enough. It, 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 I, I think predisposition really works against you and uh, um, it, you have to try to avoid it. But see, I have a little bit of an advantage because I am a high volume NFL player also. So the vast majority of the weeks, um, I have eight, nine, ten games in the wheelhouse that I'm, I'm looking to choose. Uh, so most of the time I know on an average week, I have eight games easily. So I'm looking for the best five out of eight on one. And I, I, I'll kind of mishmash them together uh, between the two of them uh, so that I can hit as many of those eight as possible. Um, depending on that week. So it's a little bit easier for me. And that, that gives me a little bit of uh, extra, um, you know, a resource, so to speak, of being able to instantly know what my choices are going to be, what my options are that I'll consider. Well, that, that was going to be sort of my follow-up question was, you know, I've talked about this a lot on the show for me personally, that I think picking five games for the contest is a challenge. I think that you know, a lot of times there are maybe three sides I like, maybe two, some weeks, four. I never really go into either recording the show or submitting my picks on Saturday going, man, I love all five of these games. It just it doesn't really happen all that often for me. So for you, where you've got a lot of games in consideration, you know, how much differently do you treat the contest picks as opposed to you know, your personal betting bankroll for, for the NFL? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand specifically what you're, uh, I didn't grasp exactly, uh, what you meant there. I guess, you know, like you make five picks in the contest. I mean, are those all five picks that you would personally bet or, you know, do you sort of deviate because the contest with the stale lines is just so much different of a format? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I kind of addressed that a little bit in the beginning where there's often times where, I'm using games that I did not bet. So uh, if I make that statement, it's actually, you know, I think it says a little bit about the importance of how you, you can, you need to be open-minded with your contest picks. Cause if I have eight games that I bet and I choose to use a game or two that I didn't even bet, you know, that's going to a real extreme of why I think, uh, uh, I need to choose something that I didn't even bet because uh, what I, what I really want to do is I want to have contest picks that I'm willing to to put my money on. I don't, I don't want to, if I didn't have the confidence to put money on it, I, you know, I consider the contest picks more important than money. So I'm trying to win the contest and I'm not thinking about the prize money I can win in the contest. I'm thinking about the challenge of winning the contest. So uh, if I if I have to use selections that I didn't even have the confidence to put money on, uh, you know, that, that that I think that says something. So as far as the Circus Sports Million 2 specifically, and again, you finished second, tied for second, and then also fifth with the entries that you had in that contest here. 
You were on VEASAN earlier this week with Gil Alexander, and, and I won't make you rehash the story because I, I know it's a pretty tough one to tell, but I'll give the listeners a Cliff Notes version that the week that the Saints and Vikings played on Christmas, you wanted to play the Saints, you liked that game, you didn't submit your picks in time, so you weren't able to take the Saints. That same week, we had a Saturday game between San Francisco and Arizona, and you incorrectly put Arizona when you wanted to take San Francisco. And one of the things that you mentioned to Gil was that, you know, you were up against the deadline for putting in your picks. So, you know, with those two instances, would you have done things differently? Or do you feel like, again, waiting until the absolute last minute is, you know, something that you think works out more in your favor than it works against you? I I don't think I made it clear enough uh, that I didn't intentionally wait to the deadlines on those games. In both instances, I had already decided, "Ah, no, I'm going to leave those, uh, like I'm going to leave the saints off the table. And, uh, but my one lower uh, entry had a long climb to make. And I, I, I decided that, you know what, I should use that one because everybody seems to be on the Minnesota side. So I'm bucking the trend if the saints aren't going to get the heavy play. So I'm going to more than likely, hopefully be on an off play. So I, it was, so when I, when I submitted the picks for that entry, I realized, boy, I really like those picks. Uh, And then I said, well, screw it. I, you know, I'm going to put it in the main one also. And I I just didn't do it fast enough. Uh, So it was just an accident. Uh, but and then the de- the next day, I wanted nothing to do with that San Francisco Arizona game. I mean, it was injury ridden San Francisco, and and everybody loved Arizona. And I had decided I wasn't going to use it, and it just dawned on me. I, I don't know why, I don't know how, uh, but I started thinking about it, and I just said, I got to do it. So it was just, it wasn't that I waited intentionally for the deadline. I it was spur of the moment. I wasn't on a hard deadline for either of those two. I still, if I had not submitted for San Francisco, I had another hour or two uh, to get them in. So it, it wasn't intentional for me to be on those deadlines. And it's pretty stupid to do, to be that close to the deadlines because the app can go out any your anything, can go out, your phone service could go out, your internet could go out. And what are you going to do? So it, it wasn't smart. Now, I, obviously this year was unique and, and hopefully we won't have to contend with this next year. But in, in terms of COVID, just, you know, and looking back at your, you know, at your performance this year, was COVID a negative? Was it a positive? Did it, you know, force you to kind of wait a little bit longer to send picks in? How did you sort of approach that situation? Did, did it cause you to do anything differently? I, it, it was torturous uh, because, you know, as the season goes on and, 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 and the expectations are higher and higher, uh, everything becomes, you know, much more important. Uh, uh, keeping up with these injuries and these COVID things, and uh, it, it, it was 24-7. It, it was ridiculous. There's a network of, of people that I would touch base with, and we would uh, update each other uh, on, on, on news. And, and even that's annoying because then you get everybody sitting there going, oh, did you hear about this that you've heard four times before you told me? And uh, it just gets repetitive. And, and it just seems like every single week uh, there were significant injuries or significant COVID issues that you had to babysit all day, all night, uh, you know, for wagers and uh, uh, for contest considerations. 
and 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 you you like so the survivor people they were really screwed because if they use a game that was that was canceled they they're, they're out but at least we would get half credit um you know in in the millions but uh, i i i was thinking about it and i didn't want to be on one of those games uh, on one of those games because i don't want half credit i need full credit so i want half points i want uh uh, I want games that are going to be played because I'm 60, I'm over 60% uh, winners on games. So I don't want to only get a half a point. We talked about this a little bit already, but you know, you had two entries and and as you said, you know, one of them you had to take maybe a little bit more of an aggressive approach, but you know, in terms of, of spreading picks around the two entries, you know, what's kind of your mindset there? Is it, you know, hoping to cover a larger portion of the NFL card because you know, you have more edges in the NFL, it sounds like, on a weekly basis than most people do. Are, are you just trying to, you know, cover a lot of the games? Are you trying to sort of, you know, eliminate variance by having, you know, several different games across the two entries? How do you handle the fact that you've got, you know, two entries and picks that you're just, you know, invariably going to like more than others? I think my mental outlook on it is that, um, I have a very high likelihood. I, I just feel confident. I wouldn't say a high likelihood. I just feel confident that I can have winning tickets each week. And I somehow, uh, and it, there's no way to avoid losers. You can't, you can't figure out, well, you know, Hey, this one's got a higher probability of losing. It's, it's all random. So I, I look at it this way of saying, well, I'm not going to put the same five on because you know, if I've got the wrong game, uh, then I'm going to lose on both entries. So I, what I would typically try to do is, you know, put my favorite three games on uh, both cards and then uh, vary the other ones so that at least I've got a little bit of each. And maybe I strike gold on one, uh, uh, you know, much better than the, the, you know, the first one. So th- that's my thinking on it. I guess one last thing I'll ask you about, just sort of general NFL handicapping question here is, you know, when we think of all the popular narratives that are out there, you know, that a lot of people think that, you know, sharp NFL betters just play big underdogs or they'll always play home underdogs or, or something like that. You know, I mean, do you feel like those things still apply? I mean, do you feel like a lot of those old adages are still relevant? I do not think that they are. Uh, that's a, that's a good question. I haven't even thought of. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think they are. And and I don't pay a lot of attention to that sort of stuff uh, uh, either, because I think once the public becomes aware of it or trends are, are, are really extreme, they, they, they just generally reverse themselves anyway. I mean, it, you know, it's just like the old home night, Monday night football home underdogs, you know, uh, they were gold for years and then they completely flip flopped. So most, most things just flip over. I think that, I think people in general, uh, they may bet more overs and unders nowadays, but I, I think people are willing to bet underdogs a lot more than they were five, 10 years ago. I think just from being educated. Well, last thing I want to ask you about here with the circa, and then we'll take a look at, at wildcard weekend and get, get your thoughts on some of these playoff games. So 1875 in year one, 3148 in year two for the circus sports million. Set us an over under here, Chris, how many people you think we get for the circus sports million three, uh, you know, with signups likely starting in what, you know, maybe a couple months here. Um, I think, well, first we have to see if they're going to change very much. I, I'm going to think they aren't going to change much at all in the, uh, in the millions. So 
I would think it has to climb uh, a, a fair amount, but a lot of people don't, as you mentioned, don't like to have to pick five games and, and a million seem to be like the little brother uh, all year long. Uh, Cause uh, the survivor got all the attention and everybody was talking about survivor. So it was a little bit more under the radar. Uh, and it's, and it, and when you really look at millions having to pick those five games, uh, it, 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 it's just not easy for people. It, I think people had the mindset uh, that it's easier just to deal with one game per week. I, I, I was surprised how many times I heard on different shows, people would make the comment. I don't know how those people pick five games. And, and it was just something I was surprised with because it's easy to pick five games, but for a lot of people, it's not. So let, let's let's hope we hit that 5,000 mark. I think that that would be a really uh, good figure to, to aim for. I don't think we're going to see anything exponentially uh, uh, significantly more than that. Something I thought was really interesting about the size of this year's field. You know, I signed up on September 1st with our two ATS entries and at the time I signed up, I think there was, you know, maybe in the low 1900s or something like that again on September 1st. And what the season started September 9th or September 10th, something like that, I believe. So you know, over the last week and a half, I mean, there were over a thousand, well over a thousand entries that signed up, you know, thinking that there was probably going to be an overlay in the contest. Then there wasn't the pandemic people, you know, reluctant to travel, all of that. I kind of set the over under at, you know, 4499.5. I think I think 4500 is a decent number, but as you and I were talking about before we started recording here too, it kind of depends on whether or not the super contest is willing to change its format to kind of compete a little bit better and maybe give people a choice of which one they want to sign up with. So, I'm fascinated to see it and I know obviously you are as somebody who's had a lot of success in this contest arena. Yeah, and and we everybody was uh, convinced that there was going to be a huge overlay uh, because uh, Derek had guaranteed a certain amount of prize money. And uh, for those that don't know what an overlay is, that minimum amount has to be paid. And I I guess I don't know what the amount was in that one, but it was somewhere around two million in prizes, I guess. But um, so if you know very few people enter. Well, that's uh, you're getting much better bang for your buck. Uh, so Derek uh, actually started running promotions. He was giving away, uh, I think, some rooms uh, if you bought uh, entries in both and, and, and some other promotions. He, everybody was convinced they were never going to have enough people for this. I was convinced. I was like, I remember talking to people. Well, I think they'll get up to about 1,800 to 2,000. And, and even at that time, people were saying there's no way they're going to get 2,000. But people signed up uh, in droves right before the uh, the start yeah again we'll see what happens and we'll see you know about the quarter prizes and all that maybe we'll have you back on uh, you know later on in the year here sort of talking about strategies in terms of quarter prizes where i know you finished uh, tied for second for the fourth quarter you know that's something that i think is a, a big draw for a lot of people here in the circa and something we can talk about down the line a little bit because i want to talk about the wild card weekend here and the first point to ask before we get into some of these games specifically, do you, Chris, handicap the playoffs differently than you would the regular season? I, I try not to. I, I, I had a really good year regular season last year, and the playoffs I did not do well. Um, I, I, I don't even think I was 500 in the playoffs last year. So um, it, it is concerning because the playoffs are a different animal. Um I, I try not to do anything different. Um, 
but uh, I I just have not been quite as successful in the in the last couple of years playoffs for some reason, and maybe it is because I'm not doing uh, enough differently. Uh, I I feel like I'm going to do well this weekend, but uh, we'll see about that. So I I don't I, I don't know how to answer your question. I try not to you know if it ain't broke don't fix it, but it seems sometimes uh, in the playoffs I need to I need to fix it. So. <laughs> Maybe it was just an anomaly. Well, I mean, I guess I, I could maybe point to something and say, you know, this year is different in the sense that there are six games in the wild card weekend, but typically there are only four. And, you know, in a week without buys, you get 16 games to kind of pick off, you know, some of your edges, some of your opportunities. You don't have as much to pick from here in the playoffs. I mean, are the, are the lines just inherently sharper because of that? Well, I'm only going to play games that fit my metric model. Uh, you know, our biggest advantage as betters uh, is that we don't have to bet every game, but they have to put a, a line on every game. So I, I don't have a problem sitting out games. Uh, in fact, I sit out most big games. I, I'm not going to bet the Ohio state Clemson game. Uh, there's just usually lack of value. The bigger the game, the, the, you know, the more lack of value there is. Uh, so I follow the exact same criteria that I would use during the regular season. Uh, but the, like you said, there's, there's fewer and fewer options. Uh, so maybe one, you know, once or twice, I'll, I'll kind of say, well, that's uh, close enough to the border. I'm going to go ahead and include it. So that's the, that's the most that I'll do is I'll stretch the boundary or shrink the boundary a little bit. Well, I guess a, a sort of a follow-up question to that would be, you know, I mean, you you do this for a living. So, you know, if, if you don't find something pregame, you know, live betting is always an option. And and maybe that's something that, you know, you'll find yourself doing more in the playoffs as, you know, I mean, live betting has improved dramatically over the last several years in terms of, you know, making, in terms of the interface working, in terms of, you know, more and more people getting into it, kind of shaping the market a little bit more. So even if you don't have anything pregame, I'm sure you're still trying to attack, you know, either some of the derivative markets or just some of the in-game stuff. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because, uh, th- believe it or not, this is the first year I I actually did any in-game uh, for NFL because by the time they get, I, I don't even want to watch the games, uh, you know, with the with the referees and 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 all these, you know all the work that's been going on all week long, I'm just beat to crap. I, I need a break. Uh, um, but I did do some in-game this year and I was shocked that the in-game lines were not what I expected them to be. And I didn't realize that they're so algorithm tied. And so I've been having conversations and, and I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm like, if they're on algorithms, then this in game can be, you know, crushed because an algorithm isn't going to be able to factor in dozens of human factors uh, that uh, somebody watching a game can factor in. Uh, uh, so I made a mental note that it's somehow I, I need to get more involved in it and, and try to take advantage of the algorithm uh, weakness because it, it's absolutely there because the line, it, the game, it just does not match properly you know the flow of the game uh and the numbers that they're spitting out there and i I can't put my finger quite on it yet because it's just in the infancy of but sometimes you just look at something you know something is off and can be exploited 
Yeah, definitely something I'm sure you'll work on here over the off season and, you know, kind of think a little bit more about that. Chris, as far as this weekend goes, we've got Buffalo and Indianapolis, Buffalo laying six and a half total 51 Seattle now down to as low as three in some places, maybe some positive news on Jared Goff's availability total 42 for that one. Then Tampa Bay laying eight at home or on the road, excuse me, against the Washington football team total down to 44 and a half. Anything in those three Saturday games that is, you know, kind of piqued your betting interest for this week? Uh, you know, it's, I think that it's amazing. Uh, all these games are pretty interesting in one way or another. I think there's a storyline behind, behind all six games that just make, makes them all interesting. Uh, I, I don't know whether it's a coincidence or uh, whether it's just general playoff euphoria, but uh, uh, I, I think the Colts bills game is, is fascinating just because, uh, the Bills look like the unstoppable force, and uh, they're doing so well. And, and and Rivers has such a reputation for, you know, his noodle arm and and, and doing something. Uh, even though he did really have a great season, but when he follows up, boy, does he look ugly when he does it. Um, I, I just see all the pressures on Buffalo, and uh, when all the pressure uh, is on a team, especially without the experience uh bad things can happen so it's not going to surprise me in the least to see the colts win that game possibly uh, i think if buffalo doesn't get out in front uh that it only adds to the potential pressure because indianapolis has a, a solid team of veterans so um you know things can go south for the bills uh, pretty fast but the, the bills could just blow the doors off of them also the you know the uh, with the right game plan, uh, if they can take Taylor out of the equation uh, and and have noodle arm throwing the whole time, uh, uh, then it could go really ugly for the Colts also. But uh, I, I lean toward uh, the Colts covering. Uh, um, I, I think they went outright or they, or they get blown out. I, I'm not even sure the points come into play. That That is a game that feels very high variance. I think to a degree, Baltimore and Tennessee, you know, feels pretty high variance as well. I mean, is, is that more of a comfort factor for you where you think it's kind of a higher variance game or do you like something that, you know, maybe seems a little bit more predictable like a Tampa Bay, Washington, where I don't think a lot of people are giving Washington a great chance to win for, you know, a lot of different reasons, but that's a game where we've got a low total and a high spread. You know, it, it feels sort of more predictable in terms of how that game will play out. So I guess in a long-winded way, do you prefer games that appear high variance or do you prefer games where you know, maybe you have a little bit higher of a confidence level based on what side and total are telling you? Well, I, I, I don't like the, the, the long spreads. Uh, one of the filters I have is, not, is generally not playing games uh, that are more than seven. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's a pet peeve. I just think that uh, you can't handicap backdoor covers um, and uh, there's just too many things that can go wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, a game like the Rams and the Seahawks, that's got a low total Seattle. I, I forget the exact numbers played, you know, uh, so many one score games. It's not even funny. So, uh, you know, that's the type of game where you kind of feel comfortable on that. It, they're going to, no, neither of those teams can blow each other out. And, and, and if you can get the points, if you can get more than a field goal, you know, that's where the value is. Uh, I was talking to my friend this morning. I said, give me uh, just, I'll bet those games blindly uh, every time. And you're going to get, you're going to get the money six out of 10 times. I'm sure of it. Uh, this, you know, the Tampa Washington, I, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, Tampa Bay's beaten one 
a team all season long with a winning record. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it, I, I, you know, they're going to put pressure on Brady and Brady doesn't do well under pressure. Uh, plus it's going to be past his bedtime. So, you know, who, who knows what goes on in that game? I, I don't have a betting interest in it, but I, I'm interested in it for the storyline. Cause uh, I think people really want to see uh Brady advance and have some success and, and, and see them match up with one of the powerhouses uh, uh, and, and not go out against a team like Washington. Cause that just kind of ruins the story. Taking a look at Sunday's games here, Baltimore's three and a half point favorite reduced juice across the market or a three with heavy juice uh, in their game against Tennessee total 54 and a half. in that one, New Orleans laying doubles against Chicago, 10 and 47, and then Cleveland and Pittsburgh, uh, you know, obviously a difficult handicap with the Browns missing Kevin Stefanski and a bunch of players to COVID and still, of course, worrying if there are any more positive tests by this late kickoff here on Sunday. Anything about those three games that, you know, you kind of like here for this weekend? Well, uh, Baltimore and I are on double revenge because Tennessee was, uh, I, I bet against Tennessee every time last year and they went on that run. So the metrics, uh, uh, did not match the result. Uh, and here we are in the exact same boat this year, but I think we're going to get a different result. Uh, you know, with Tennessee's defense being as bad as it is, I, I think it's like 31st or 30th in my rankings. Uh, I mean, that's just abysmal. It's a, a Baltimore should absolutely just roll over them. And I know they played each other earlier uh, and, and Baltimore went through their slump midseason, but they, they got banged up. They got decimated with injuries all at once. And they probably, uh, you know, had their COVID issues and didn't know it during one of those games. And that's why they fell spot, fell flat. Uh, but uh, I think uh, Baltimore is peaking at the perfect time and they should be able to roll over the Titans defense. And, it, and I can't see the Titans uh, keeping up with them, but uh you know, they just announced today that, uh, you know, one of the key defensive coordinators for the Ravens uh, looks like he's going to Michigan. So hopefully that doesn't uh, affect them. Um, and then uh, the, the, the Saints and, and my metric model, this game isn't even close. Uh, I, I have the that this spread supposed to be 14. And uh, the 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 bears have been looking pretty good over the last five weeks, but they haven't played anybody. They They played like the they hit four out of the five worst teams uh, um, uh, that there are. So, uh, you know, take their success with a grain of salt. Uh, this is the last chance for Breeze. The front office is going to get pillaged uh, by other teams also. Uh, the salary cap is going to go down. Um, this is it. And the the greatest thing about this game or this postseason is they're going to be healthy for the first time. They played 10 quarters the entire year with their full offense together. And uh, I'm just excited to see what they can do. They've ne- considering that they've been banked up the entire season and they still rate my number one team, I think is just remarkable and that they're going to get better. Um, I, I like the saints to go. I, I think the saints can go all the way. I, I think that they, uh, unless injuries or something goofy happens, I, I, honestly believe that they're the best team in the NFC. Um, uh, and my eyes and my metrics tell me that. And the Steelers, uh, I played them early at three and a half. And I, you know, that was a gift. I think, uh, you know, six is a little, 
um, little uh, little higher than we would want to get involved in. And it doesn't help that Juju, uh, you know, was sitting there mouthing off, making fun of the Browns uh, right before game time again. We saw how well that worked. Uh, um, uh, what was the other game where somebody mouthed off? Uh, the Ohio State game where the, the guys, you know, ranked them number 11. So what happened uh, in that game? So you just don't disrespect other teams. But uh, I still think Pittsburgh uh, should roll on this. Uh, there's just too many problems for Cleveland to be able to deal with the, the coaching deficiencies, them not being there and being able to switch up on the fly. Chris, it was definitely a pleasure to chat with you here today, man. And, you know, congratulations on your success in the Circa. Congratulations on all of the contest success uh, that you've had. And you know, let the people know, you know, where they can find your work, where you do some things, and, of course, you know, where they can find you on Twitter. Well, I, uh, I'm on Twitter at Las Vegas, Chris. Uh, I try to just uh, um, have some uh, – I don't tweet all that much, so it's not one of those annoying high-volume uh, tweeting uh, – tweeting accounts, but, uh, um, uh, just, uh, tweet out odds and ends, uh, you know, uh, some sports related, some pleasure related, whatever. Um, I, I do do uh, a side project of mine over at wager talk. Uh, if uh, people are interested in, uh, investment advice with betting, uh, but I don't heavily promote that because I do that primarily just for the challenge of it. Uh, um, you know, that industry gets such a bad reputation for people doing it for the wrong reasons. I, I do it for the opposite reasons. Uh, it's not for the money. It's because people say, you know, betters can't be winners and, and do that. Uh, you know, only losers do that, that, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, so, uh, the, the amazing thing about doing that project is I work twice as hard now than I did a year ago. Because if I slack or if I don't work hard for myself, eh, I can live with that. But if you're responsible for somebody else, I, I don't want to humiliate myself or let somebody down. So that was actually the best thing I've ever done was get involved in that project. Because now I work twice as hard and I'm, I'm twice as efficient and uh, um, I've had great results. So that was the benefit I got. Once again, make sure you follow Chris on Twitter at Las Vegas Chris. Again, that's C R I S. And like I said, man, congratulations for your finishes here in the Circa. And uh, definitely look forward to chatting with you again after you cash in some more contests next season. Uh, well, let's hope so. I appreciate uh, the time. It was a good conversation. And uh, if you need anything else, just let me know. There you go. Once again, make sure you follow Chris on Twitter at Las Vegas Chris C R I S. And check out the work that he does over at wagertalk.com. Coming up on our Monday edition of ATS Radio, we'll chat with professional better and handicapper Kyle Hunter of huntersportspicks.com. We'll talk Ohio State, Alabama, final thoughts, some of the prop markets that are available for that game, then also take a look across the nation at some college basketball. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, safe weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday.